0: I die, I die, ra, die, da da I die, I die, I da da die, I die, I die, uh Da da die did he die ya ya Diddy da da da. uh yeah. La, 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 la
1: Possible for a person to, re- to be makabal to the Torah without their family. I received from my teacher, my master and my teacher, Rabbi Avrami Levine, that he said that the secret of Matan Torah being connected to Parshas Yisro <coughs> relates to the fact that Yisro came together with Moshe's wife and children because Yisro understood, just like Yisro understood that it was unwise for Moshe Rabbeinu to carry the whole burden of dealing with every sikh with every dispute, with every minor knech in halacha, that Moshe Rabbeinu had to answer every question for himself. And he saw that wasn't a good idea, there needs to be sari alafim, sari meos, there needs to be different strata, if you don't just go to the, straight to the top with every question. So Yisro, who was chacham gadol, Yisro, who was one of the greatest chachamim, that Yisro understood that you can't be makalva the Torah without without your family. Moshe Rabbeinu can't be makalva the Torah without his wife and children. It's not possible. And so it's not by accident, but it's dafka. It's dafka that Yisro. Has to come together with Moshe Bin's wife and Moshe Rabbeinu's children to, to come to bring him to that place of love, of that deep connection. To be able to make up the Torah from Hashem, to recognize that Hashem can't. Without Hashem's children, without, without his children, is also the Torah is not The Torah is the Shorish of everything is coming from Am Yisrael. Am Yisrael, like Eliyona said, in Tanah Debe is higher, Am Yisrael is higher than the Torah. And so just like Am Yisrael is Hashem's family, Moshe Rabbeinu needs his family, and the whole Machlokas Rishonim, did Yisrael come before Matan Torah, after Matan Torah, is really not different than the Machlokas between the Ashkenazim and the when where they do Hagbah before or after Kriya's Torah. Either way, Moshe Rabbeinu either got the Torah, and then he didn't really have it until Yisrael brought Moshe's family. Or Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't even get the simple part of the Torah without having a family. Meaning, either Yisro came with Moshe's family before and that brought about Harsinai, or Moshe had Harsinai, but Harsinai wasn't anything until until the family came, and that's why Dafka even is put before. Because for a person to be able to be makabal the Torah on their own, <coughs> but not be able to put it sof ma'is v'machshav ma- ma- tchila. To, to be able to be macabre the Torah and to bring it into the life of a family, Shachanti Besokham, is not to have a basa mikdash out there somewhere, but for every single home, for every Jewish home to be a, a mikdash ma'at. For husbands and wives to know how to speak to each other and to be able to feel what they felt by the wedding, that I cannot without you. I can't without you and for every child to feel that the parent is saying, I can't without you. Aside from the fact that the that say that that feeling that Moshe Rabbeinu has with his particular family is supposed to spill over, and that's the whole Indian of a Jewish marriage, that my marriage, as Rasal Veitchik even wrote about, but as, as the Talmidei Abba Hashem Tov explained, and Ad HaYom people are still writing about this, that every Jewish family is not to say that this husband and this wife have something special to the exclusion of the rest of the Am Yisrael, but this relationship between these two individuals is saying something about the relationship between each person and the rest of Klal Yisrael. Meaning this little community that's being created here is saying something about the rest of Klal Yisrael. So the fact that every Jew had to be by Matan Torah wasn't possible, there was no Matan Torah without every Jew being there. The beautiful and and, and and at this point already somewhat more well-known words of the Rugus Habos and the Rebbe of Chust, they explain that every Jew is not only Yeshishim Ruba Rube the Torah, Rosh that every Jew has a letter in the Torah, but that they literally, by Matan Torah, they lined up the bays of Bereshis next to the Reish of Bereshis next to the Aleph of Bereshis next to the Shin of Bereshis next to the Yud of Bereshis next to the Tav of Bereshis with this little space in between, and they literally spelled out the Torah. Every Jew had their exact space. And just like a Sefer Torah's Puzzle, if there's one Jew who's missing, with the black fire and the white fire, and we know that can tell us that the black fire of the Torah is the men, 600,000 letters of the Torah corresponds to the men, and the cloth corresponds to the women, which means that the families had to be together by matan Torah. The, the black fire without the cloth is just osios porchos ba'avir, it's just letters, they have nothing to rest on, there's nothing to be macabre on. Like Unklus explains on the pasuk of that, I'll make an Azer Kenegdo. Ezer Kenegdo, Unklis writes, a samach lekabel. Something, something to lean on, something to be makabel. <clears throat> that can even point out that Ish Isha is begamatria os klaf. You can't have an os without a klaf. You can't have can't have Torah without, without having this mishpacha. And even then, there's different ways for a person to have mishpacha. Like I said before, sometimes you have a person who's zoha to that union of mishpacha with ish Isha and with children and sometimes you have a person who have ch- if people who can't have children and we're ma'aminim b'nim that in the words of the tzaddikim that you have a family that's that's trying their best to have children and, and, and it could be that they're not having physical children but there's other children that are bo- being born to other families that are in their marriage and it could be that sometimes there's a person who in this gilgul after a very long time they're still not able to find their zivog it doesn't mean that they should give up but it means that even a person who is not mechubar to that inin of mishpacha directly in that way, like I explained before, the whole concept of a mishpacha, of an ish Isha and children, all these, is a microcosm of what a person is supposed to feel for all of Al Misra. That I can't, I can't have a Torah without, without this one letter, if this one samach is missing, if this one chaf is missing. I can't, the Torah doesn't go. It's a puzzle Torah. And so Yisro is the one who comes to teach Moshe Rabbeinu bringing back his family that you can't have a Torah if it's not going to manifest outside of the base Medrash, in the house. You can't have a a, a Torah that just is divorced from from real life. You can't have a Torah that's in the base Medrash but not in the dorms. Torah that's divorced from the dorms, a Torah that just exists within this building and not in that building, is, is, is letters without a cloth. And the letters existed before they came down onto the cloth. Moshe with the whole chiddish, the whole chiddish of Matan Torah, of Kabbalah Satorah, is that the letters that were Porchus Ba'avir, that the letters that existed before the world was created, that those osios that Hashem used to create the world, that they came down and they rested on a cloth. It's not by accident that after Kabasa Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu tells Amisrael, Shuvula olechem. Everybody remembers that for three days prior to Mata Torah, for an extra level of Kedusha, husbands and wives had to separate from each other in a way of in a way of tahara yisera. But chas not for the sake of moving things further apart, but God forbid to think like that, but rather to that after Torah, HaTorah, what is Moshe going to say right away? Shuvu la'aleicham, go back to your tents. Live a life with family, live a life of husbands and wives together, live a, a life of a of family, of, of kids making a balagan in the house. And, and bring the Torah to life, inside of real life. Like the Baal Shem Tov used to say, If Hashem, if Talmud can I get Kulam? And if Hashem gets so much Nachas, when I learn the Sugya of not plowing together with Kilayim, two types of animals, so then how much more so must Hashem get Nachas when I do that out in my field? And I'm aware of what I'm doing, and I'm paying attention to what I'm doing. And I'm out in my field and I'm doing that if sitting and learning the whole ins and outs of Hilchus Tzitzis is so remarkable, and it brings Hashem so much nachas, so then when I'm in my dorm room and I'm putting my Tzitzis on. But a Torah, which is just something that we speak about and it's something which we learn about and we have source sheets and we put them in our folders and we close the folders and then we go out onto the street or we go into the business office, or we go into the bedroom, or we go into the dorms, or we go into the lunchroom, and it's not a Torah which comes from the place of the osios. it comes and lands on the cloth. What's a cloth? A cloth is a cloth is so nothing. A cloth is animal hide. It's animal hide that is suffused with osios a torah. It's a life of a Jew, it's the mundane life of a Jew, which is, Which is just bursting with Torah when they're not sitting with a safer open. That's a real Torah scroll. A real Torah scroll is a Torah scroll that has osios, supernal letters of the divine, that are somehow able to be etched onto animal skin. means taking the loftiest of concepts that we're learning in any class, in any share and letting it affect the way that I eat a piece of pizza. The way that I throw out my plate after I'm finished eating so someone else doesn't do it for me. The way that I conduct myself when I'm in the bathroom. That's, that's Torah. That's Mamish Torah
0: did die, da
1: Shonim are busy trying to figure out when Yisro brings Moshe Rabbeinu's children. So it says that he brought one son. Shema Echad Gershom. The <throat> name of one of them is Gershom. Thank you for trying to find it also. And v'shem ha'echad Eliezer, because Hashem was be'ezri. Shem ha'echad Eliezer ki alokei aviv ezri yatzilini micheir paro. So all the rishonim and the achronim are, are busy dealing with this question. Shnei Shema Echad Gershom ki Geraisi, where it's lachrib shema echad Eliezer. Should say shema sheni. But the whole Indian is that Yisro was bringing to Mushra Bainu this this feeling that each one of his children is Echad. I once heard my father say this. I once, I once heard my father say this. Everyone should should merit to say this to their children and everyone should hear this from their parents. My father was once asked how many children he has. And he said, I have one. And they knew that he had at least two. So they said, what do you mean you have one? He said, I have one Moshe Tzvi, and I have one Davidl, and I have one Yoshua Daniel. I have one child. I have one of this one and one of that one and one of that one, and so when Yisro brings this these children of Moshe Rabbeinu, yes, Shne her her two sons, Sheim HaEchad, but Shemha HaEchad, Eliezer, because each one of them, the whole Torah is dependent on each one of them. Without having every single person be part part of it, it's not it doesn't go. since we already came to this Indian. So we know that Moshe Rabbeinu had two sons. One of them is named Gershom, and one of them is named Eliyaz. And we know from the Majestan Chuma, something very remarkable, even disturbing about these two sons, is that one of the children, Gershom, the first, the Bihor, Gershom, who was the Bechor, Moshe Rabbeinu made a promise to Yisrael, as part of the engagement. You know, Yisra came over to him at the engagement part, and he said, welcome to the family, we have certain rules here. And he made Moshe Rabinu promise that the first son that would be born to him and his wife would be raised de Zara, would be raised with Chinuch, you know, he would go to uh, YMCA or whatever. And the other one could go to Talmud Taira. Now, on the surface, you hear such a medrash, it sounds shocking that Moshe Rabbeinu would agree to such a thing, but the Gemara says Moshe Rabbeinu made this oath to Yisro. And part of the whole Indian that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't even, if you recall, a few weeks ago in the Parsha, Moshe Rabbeinu was on his way traveling back to, Sh- to in, in Parsha Shmosis, traveling back to Mitzrayim for his first uh, encounter with Paro. And there's this mysterious event at the Malon, and we're told that it's because Moshe Rabbeinu didn't give a bris mila to his first son, and that's part of the story, that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't give a bris mila to his first son, to Gershom. Eliezer wasn't born until later. That this son, this this Gershom, this Moshe Rabbeinu's son, was not given a bris mila because he was miyuchad to kind of figure it out on his own. And that's what the Mepharshim say. They said that Moshe Rabbeinu was making a pact with Yisrael. That Yisro said, at this point already... He said, I know already, I believe that Avodah Zarah ain't bomamish. There's nothing to Avodah But I only know that because I, I, I went deep into the, the belly of the snake. I went deep inside the Avodah and I investigated every single type of Avodah And I see that it's Hebal avalam. I see that none of it works. And so Yisra said, I want you to at least, your first son, let him figure it out on his own. Not chas v'shalom, that you're miyachid him to in any, you know, in any serious way. But rather that you, you raise him to, without chinuch and emuna in the God of Avraham. Ki ger As opposed to Elazar, who was a lushan of the God of my father's. And Moshe Rabbeinu accepts such a, such a thing. He Moshe Rabbeinu accepts that he's going to have a son like this. Now, there are some would like to say that this is the Indian for Shem Echad Gershom Shem Echad Eliezer. That there's one son, there's one son whose name is Gershom, and that's one type of child. But on a certain level, Moshe Rabbeinu's first child was Eliezer because Eliezer was the first one who. from birth, was already subscribed to this religion of his father. But I think, on a certain level, Moshe Rabbeinu has to be, the Moshe Rabbeinu is teaching us a mahalach in life. Moshe Rabbeinu accepted such a thing, and again, Chazal have such, not such great things to say about this arrangement. I'm so happy about this arrangement. But it, it just brings us to, a, to an Indian, maybe not in Avodah zara, and Chas to even assume that that's what Chazal meant, mamish Shavodah zara. But it means that there's tukufos, tukufos in a person's life. There's tukufos, tukufos in a person's life. I've spoken about this teaching from Rukuk so many times over the past month. The Gemara says that that which... So in the Ein towards the beginning, that that which Mikhail was capable of was greater than that which Gavriel, the Malach Gavriel, was capable of. Because Mikhail, when he wanted to get somewhere, he would flap his wings one time, he would just go one flap, and he would get from point A to point B in a single movement. Whereas Gavriel, it took him two flaps. Sort of cook explains so remarkably with such clarity and such piqueas, so much heart, that Michael is the archangel of the Jewish people, it represents p'shuta of the Jewish people, the Koch of Tfila, the Koch of simple faith. And Gavriel represents the Malach of the Shivim Lashonos of the seventy languages. We find in a number of places, Chazal tell us that when there's a tzaddik who's being secretly taught the 70 languages or some chachma, some language is being taught to a tzaddik, so it's always Gavriel who's the one who comes and teaches these 70 languages, because a language means the entire philosophical system of a particular culture. The language is the descriptor with which a person understands how reality works. And it means all of the Chachmos of the, of the Seventy Nations. And so when it comes to the Chachmos of the Seventy Nations, when it comes to the way of Gershom, which is also a chashur, which a person needs to rely on sometimes. So, it could be that Gershom is, is the first. Meaning, before a person reaches the age of three. Before a person reaches the age of three and they learn Torah tar- tar- Tzivalonu Moshe or Akilas Yaakov. And they get their first, for those who are knowing such a thing, their first Jewish haircut. And they put on tzitzit and the yarmulke for the first time. And they begin the path of of Michael. So before that, from the time that a person is born already, they're already soaking up the chachma of the world with the five senses and trying to understand what does it mean when when something makes a loud noise? What does it mean when something tastes sweet or bitter? That's already the beginning of processing the Chachlan of Gavriel. <laughs> so it could be that that comes first. Shema echad, Gershom, Kigera Yisiveretz That the way that we process the outside world is an Eretz Nochriyah. We come into the into the physical space of the world, and we're using our five senses to kind of like uh, try to feel around. What is this place? Where did I land? And even at the age of thirty-seven, he's you like, know, Where? What is this place? these colors and these sounds and these tastes and smells and touch what, what is this place because in order to arrive there's a lot of chakhma, and a person can come to appreciate like the Rambam writes through the through looking at the Chachma in the world the person can come to Ava and Yis Hashem and even that Rambam has been debated exactly how to understand that Rambam but there's a certain sense when a person is only utilizing the externality of the world even if it comes first, there's always a sense, as the way Cook explains it, there's always the sense that every time I flap my wings and I try to move from point A to point B, and aim point A to point B, Ella, from being alone to being Karvlak, as the Hashem, is always the point that we're headed towards. Every time I flap my, my wings and I try to move with the Koch of Chachma, it takes me two flaps. What that means philosophically is that every time I flap my wings, I'm only going half the distance. And even though I'm tempted to say, what do we think, We're gonna, we are to?" think I do the first flap, I go halfway, and then I do the second flap, and I go the second half, and then I, I get there. But what Cook explains so subtly is that every time I flap my wings, I go halfway. Meaning by saying, I, it takes me two flaps. It means that every time I, I flap, it's only, it's only half the distance and then I get halfway there, and then I do another half the distance, and half the distance, and half the distance. But since I'm going towards this infinite space, it's always only half the distance. I never quite get there. I could read every philosophy book, and ask every shaila and investigate every Avodah and every ism, and every... But I never quite get there. I never... I never quite come to a place where I finally say, ah, I've arrived. But then there's this system, Shema Echad Eliezer, Shema Echad Eliezer, is a second system, the system of Eliezer, which means the system of Michael, which means the system of Torah, which is internal. Like the Gemara Nida and Da'f Lamed says that a person learns Kola Torah Kula before they even come into the Avira Olam, before they've even sensed with their five senses. Already they're learning the Torah from Aleph Attaf, from the Beys of Bereshus to the Lamed of Leine Koy Yisrael, from the Mem of Ne'em to the Mem of Shalom at the end of Shas. They're learning all of it. And so by the time they come into the world, it's, just, it's about retrieval. It's about retrieving something that I already know. And so it only takes one flap. Every time I come into contact with this thing called Torah, every time I come into contact with true Torah from the Sam from the Eight and not just like we were talking about before, the externality of the, of the black fire that's not landing on cloth, that doesn't have Kedusha HaSachayim attached to it, Every time I join together the black and white fire of the Torah and I create Torah, I create that kedusha. I get there in one in one movement because I'm able to get all the way there. I'm able to move from point A to point B in one movement, which means that every movement contains the entirety of the of the process. And so from there, that's a whole different system. There, it makes sense to repeat the name Shema Echad Gershom. That's maybe the first. that's maybe the first way that we engage in the world. But Shema Echar, in terms of priority, and in terms of if we really, really, really go back to what's really first, what's really first is before I was even born, there was a torah. Before the world was even created, there was a Torah. There's a way of being Mahhubar Hashem, which is called the God of my forefathers. Elokei Avi, Bezri. And like the Baal Shem Tov said, a person needs to have both of these things in the world. Baal Shem Tov explained that every single time we open the sitter we say Elokeinu no." Every time we say Yihiratzam, we say Elokeinu no. <coughs> my God and the God of my forefathers. My God is the God that I create with my own. I start from scratch, just like Yisro said, and that goes first. Elokeinu, our God, the God that we make for ourselves based on our own investigation and our own reading and our own questions and our own searching. But then there's the Shema Echad, which is Eliezer, which is the deepest name, which is the name of Elokei Avib Ezri, the God of my fathers that I can rely on when I when I come to a place of lack of understanding or when I feel like I'm only getting halfway there but I'm trying to fully approach Hashem completely. I'm trying to get all the way up to Hashem. kul kulchem hayom dveikim Not that I'm halfway there. I'm almost there. I can sense there's some, there's some wisdom in the world. You can sense that, that there's wisdom in the world, but in order to touch Hashem, we, it's not by accident that the Baal Tanya, in the fifth parak of Sefer Rabbeinonim, of L'Kutem Tanya, that the Baal Tanya gives the the mashal of, when a person learns Torah, it's like they're hugging the king. It's like you're hugging the king. Because you're touching Hashem direct. It's not you're almost there. It's not that you could sense. It's that maybe one day this will bring me to your Hashem and Avush Hashem. When a person touches the Torah, they're touching something familiar. ends with the with the building of Mizbeach Adama, Mizbeach Adama. at the end of the whole we have this huge parsha of sound and light show Kidushi seira of the Jewish people reaching the pinnacle of everything and in the end we build Mizbeach Adama Kamuvan this also relates to what we were saying before able to take the Kedusha of the Torah and to put it into the dirt. To build an izbeach out of dirt. To take the dirt of our lives and to turn it into something which is suffused with Kedusha. But deeper than this, the Rambam writes in the Hilchus Beis of Achira. the Rambam writes in the laws of the building of the Beis HaMikdash that Adam HaRishon was created from different parts of the world. That way, as Chazal say, very cryptically, wherever Adam HaRishon, wherever Adam HaRishon, first of all, and and second of all, when any person who is a descendant of Adam and Chava, will have the Neshama leave their body, so the body will be able to be accepted everywhere in the world because there's a little bit of humanity that comes from every place in the world. Hashem took a little bit of earth from every country, from every corner of the world, and he created the body of Adam HaRishon. But the Ramam writes in Hilchas B'Yetzel B'Chira that the head of Adam HaRishon, Adam Rishon's head, was taken from Eretz Yisrael. And in fact, Adam Rishon's head which we know, like we say, for those who say the L'shem Yichud before they put on tefillin, Neshama Shabiroshi. The Neshama, the highest part of a person's consciousness, at least embodied consciousness, of a human being, is is the Neshama Shabiroshi, as opposed to that which is in the heart and lungs area and the and the stomach area, which is the Nefesh and the Ruach. So the Rambam says that Moshe, that uh, Adam Rishon's head was taken from Eretz Yisrael specifically. This is why it's in Hechus Beis HaBukhira. The Rabbim writes, Makom HaMizbeach, Im Mizbeach Havanim Taaseli, if you make me a Mizbeach Havanim. Now it's true in In the Midbar, they weren't yet in the Hamikdash. But this mandate to make a Mizbeach Havanim, and by the way, Tafka, when the Jewish people get to the Hamikdash. that's when they first have like a... They have like a... Otherwise, the Mizbeach had be moving all over the place. They had a Gesundum Mizbeach when they came to the final... It didn't have to be moved It's broken apart every time. So the mizbeach, like the Rambam writes, makom ha-mezbeach mechuvan biyoser. That's the Lashon of the Rambam. The place of the mizbeach is mechuvan biyoter. It's exceedingly exact, the place, exactly where it's supposed to be. Because, says the Rambam, this is the place where we have, according to tradition, that Avram Avinu shechted, or almost shechted Yitzchak, where he did Akiris Hitzchak with the Isle tachas, This is the place where Noach brought his karbonos. This is the place where Kain and Hebel brought their karbonos. This is where Adam Risham brought karbonos when he was kicked out of Gan then. And that is the place, says the Rambam, where Adam Risham was created from. Adam mi makum kaparaso nivra, is the Lashon of Chazal that the Rambam quotes there. Adam mi makum kaparaso nivra. Man was created from the place of his atonement. And so right after the Torah is given, before we get into any of the details, and before we get to the story of the Chit Egel, which maybe happened before any of these other Parshas that we have in between, but before we get to any of that, right after Matan Torah, right after we finish up the story of Matan Torah, to close that Parshas Yisrael, we find... Mizbeach make me a Mizbeach out of stone. And the Mizbeach is the makum kaparaso of a person. From the place where a person was created from, that's where he comes to bring his korban. Because the Torah, as we've mentioned so many times, the Torah is so lofty, the Torah doesn't even belong from this world. The Osios of the Torah, they're... They don't, they're not from this world. When the Malachim didn't want to give the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu, it's not because they were jealous of Moshe only, or there was some other haqpada, it's because it's, it's not, not, not shayach for this world. And so therefore we find, as the Svaram HaKadoshim write, over and over again the Torah says, not in Sefer Vayikra, not if you make this error, then you bring this karbon, if you make that error, then you bring this karbon, but rather it says over and over again, kasher when? You're going to make mistakes. There's no way the Torah has such high expectations of you. There's no way you're going to be able to do this. The Torah, the system of the Torah, the part of the perfection of the system of the Torah is that it's it's shooting above what we're capable of. And the Torah is saying that you're going to need the place, We are created from the place of our atonement. That is to say that it's inevitable that a person is going to need atonement. And so whenever you find yourself not being able to <coughs> live up, to level up to the, what the Torah expects of you, you can always come back to the place where you were created and start again. Dafka from that place. Adam mimakum kaparaso nivra. You know what that means? That means that the human being was created where it was known already from the very inception of the human being that we were going to have ups and downs. We're going to have some days where we're feeling amazing. We're going to have some hours where all of a sudden we feel like we're flying in the heights of of Kedusha and we have everything figured out and then we find ourselves back in the dirt. And Hashem says, I have good news for you. I knew this was going to happen before I created you. Go back to the place where you started from and start over again and that's okay. Not to say, not to say, oh, how did this happen? I can't even figure out how this happened. This happened to me. You made a mistake. And you were created to make mistakes. Even before Adam was created, the ground already didn't bring up fruit trees, the way that Hashem asked, and the moon was already made small, and there were all these different things. And Chazal are telling us, as the Maharal that part of the constitution of the world, Part of the way that created beings are is that created beings are imperfect. And that imperfection shouldn't slow you down. But Adar Hashem says, I already knew about these imperfections from the beginning. The real question is not if you're going to fall, it's how you're going to fall. You're going to fall. But there's a big difference between knowing in advance that you're going to fall and knowing how to break your fall because you could brace yourself because you know it's going to happen. And to go back to the place of ever to go back to the, to the Mizbeach and to say, this is where I started from. And so I'm sorry that I didn't do it perfectly this time. And now I'm going to try to do it perfectly. And I know I'm going to fall again, but it'll be relative falling to the last time. So I'll end with this teaching that I heard many years ago from my Rebbe of Goldwicht. That we know, the Quran tells us that if a person digs a pit, If a person digs a pit, so the Gemara describes how deep the pit has to be in order to be capable of, of killing somebody. Kedekach, uh, that if somebody digs that final, that final last tefach to make it a full asara, so then they're chayiv if somebody dies by falling into that, into that pit. So, many years ago, I heard from Rav Goldicht. I can't remember who he said it from. I want to say he said it from Chaim Shmulevitz in the Sikhos Musr. I'm pretty sure that's where it is. Either he said it from him, or I later saw it in the Sichas Musr. I can't remember. So if you look in the Gemara in Sanhedrin, the Gemara in Sanhedrin says that one person is Chaim skila, So skila, and all the Arba Mises Bezden are terrifying and, and, and not to be put into place practically, but we can learn something from these things. I mean, in theory it's possible. So skila is not that you just pelt stones at somebody. That's the last uh, that's the last shlav if, if the earlier things don't work. The first thing is you push them off of a platform that is the same height that a pit needs to be in order to chayv misa, because someone falls from that height. They're going to they're not going to be able to survive. If that doesn't do it, so then there's second shlav and third shlav. Now the question is, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin that before you do this first thing of skil, which is terrifying and tragic, and you tie their hands behind their back. Why? So that they shouldn't be able to break their fall because we're hoping that it'll be a quick death instead of having to go through these second... and to l'rech hakomoha is first explicated in the Gemara as... Choose a Misa that's a little bit easier. Like carry in the event that you have to go through this horrific thing. You should do it in a way where, you, first of all, you get the guy drunk, so he doesn't feel it as much, and then you do it in a way which is the most, try to do it in a way which is the most uh, not painful for him. So the kasha is, why do you have to tie his hands behind his back? Because the Gemara Bhavakama Kama assumes already that that height is sufficient for already having the person, if he's just walking on his merry way, his hands aren't tied behind his back, and he's just walking around, and all of a sudden, psh, he falls in this pit, so the Gemara assumes we have a Chazaka, that he's going to die. So how come during the Arba Mises Bezden, specifically, he has to tie the guy's hands behind his back? So Rebchan says, very Pasha, So says, because when a person is just walking, and they don't see what's coming, they don't know what's happening, they're just, they're, they're minding their own business, they're reading a book, they're doing work out in the field, they're walking in the Rishasarab, and all of a sudden, they fall into a pit. So, without preparation, so, yeah, in A they could die at that height. But if they know what's happening, and they know they're about to be pushed off, and they brace themselves. So then, since they know what's happening, you need to tie their hands behind their back, because as soon as you know what's happening, you're able to prepare yourself, even for that which would have killed you. Now you know how to brace yourself. And so when Hashem gives, let's bring it down now to our level, we should never have to apply any of those things that we just said in terms of the theory is that there's a big difference between a person who knows that it's inevitable that they're going to fall and that they know how to brace themselves for the fall and that they know that it's not a question of if, but when and how a person falls. That Hashem built us in such a way that that this place of the Mizbeach is rakum kaparaso because so then a person knows how to protect themselves and knows how to center themselves for moments when they fall down. They should be few and far between.